This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we talk about what it's like to be a Christian Monday through Saturday, to live as a person of faith in a culture against faith. What's going on, everybody? What up? What up? What up? Y'all ready to talk? Hey, let's talk. Hey, let's talk. Hey. Hey. All right. So, okay. I'm like super excited for this episode. Okay. Um, and I was doing some prep earlier and uh, listening to, to last week's episode. We're totally using the clickbait. Oh, yeah. I, <laughs> totally I mean, I said I was going to use it. Yeah. We're totally using it. Um, so let's present this question right now. Did Jesus support cancel culture? Hmm. That's a tough one. Um, no. <laughs> Sorry. It's, it's not actually a tough it's one. End, a of, tough end one of podcast. All. It's over. It's Sorry. <laughs> Nothing to talk about. Go read the Gospels. Yeah. Pretty clear. Jesus is not a, not a proponent. No. Now, there there is one narrative that... that, that could be spent spun that way. Yeah, I don't know that that narrative is so much about cancel culture as it is about being in situations that are unhealthy. It's toxic situations. Yeah, That's really so what it comes down to the narrative that Clayton is talking about is when Jesus sends out his disciples. He tells them to go and do miracles and heal and preach the kingdom of God and do all these things. And then he tells them, if you get to a city that doesn't receive you, dust your feet and move along to the next one. Yeah. I think cancel culture might be, in at least in ancient day cancel culture, Jesus might have said something like, well, burn that thing to the ground. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> It's not what he's saying at all. He's actually just saying like, hey, these people don't want you. They're not um, ready to receive. Yeah, they're not ready. They don't want you. Maybe it's not helpful or healthy for you to be in that place. So let's dust our feet. Let's start anew and let's go to the next place. Yeah. Um, well, I don't, I don't think it's inevitably there's going to be somebody that wanted to talk about this passage, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? But I don't. I don't think it's apples to apples at all. Well, really, what it is, let's put it in modern day, right? Um, the the first initial thing that came to my mind was about pastors, but like that's not applicable to everyone, so we're going to move past that. But everyone's been in friend groups mm -hmm. at some point or another, mm -hmm. and at some point or another, the friend group that you were in was toxic for you. Oh. Or it could have become. Or it know. could have become, right? Yeah. Um, that's where you dust your feet off and you move on. Yeah, pretty right? good. Pretty that, good example. That's what Jesus is talking about, more or less. Yeah, it's and not. I, and if you I think, if you call that cancel culture, then you don't know what cancel culture is. Right. Yeah, that's the thing. And I think for that text more specifically, cancel culture is about when we decide we're done with something. Yeah. Because we don't like it. Yeah, in that text, they actually said, I'm done with you. So it's totally different. The cancel is happening from the other side. Uh, there's nothing there that's even remotely applicable to 
Jesus advocating for cancel culture. No, not at all. Um, However, instead, though, Jesus was a victim of cancel culture, right? He was. Um, it cost him his life. And maybe we can't call it cancel culture because maybe maybe it wasn't a culture. We don't know that. No, but um, it's the best thing that we Jesus have. was canceled. Yeah, L- the literally. ultimate canceled. Yeah, literally, Jesus lost his life because a group of people decided to cancel him. Remember, back then, you don't have social media or anything. You can cancel your following. Um. If you wanted to shut somebody up, you killed them. Yeah. And so they canceled Jesus because of his message. Um, so, yeah, Jesus is a victim of cancel culture. Um, he's And by no means is he a proponent of it. In fact, I might actually argue that he pushes people the other direction. So think about some famous passages of Jesus that that we might be able to talk about here that that would be applicable to how Jesus might feel about someone trying to cancel someone. Oh, I got one. Um the 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 woman who was unfaithful supposedly, like we don't know the full situation there. Um and the stoning, right? Oh, you mean the woman caught in adultery? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Go ahead. So tell that story. So basically, um, as I remember, I don't have it in front of me, but as I remember... John seven fifty eight through 8, 11. Oh, wow. He's or 53 through 8, 11, sorry. That's why I keep this guy around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so as I remember the story, he's pulling it up. Good. Um as I remember, Jesus walks up on this scene. They're screaming and yelling at this lady and threatening to stone her and all that stuff um, because she was supposedly an adulterer. We never, if I remember correctly, we never actually get the answer to that question, whether she actually was or wasn't. Well, it says the scribes and Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. So caught in, meaning caught with the man. Maybe. Yeah, she's. There's at least enough evidence that they're pretty sure they feel comfortable carrying out her conviction mm. for the crime of adultery. Okay. Anyways, um, that's the story, and they were gonna give her the ultimate cancel. They're gonna and, stone her. And Jesus walks up and is like, "Hey, hey, 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 hey! Look at the the the." The plank in your own eye before you start pointing out the speck in someone else's, right? Yeah, we don't know exactly what he said. Uh, the text says he wrote it in the sand mm. or wrote something in the sand. He bent down and wrote on the ground. Um, and then they went away. And... Um, He says, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, sir. And he said, neither do I condemn you. Go your way. And from now on, do not sin again. So Jesus seems to be pretty convinced that she sinned. Yeah. 
Okay, that's fair. Because at least in the he in the narrative, he tells again. her, "Don't sin again." But the interesting piece about this text that I find fascinating, uh, because I do consider myself to be a feminist, where the heck's the man? We don't know. He could have already been stoned. He could be off somewhere. Yeah, definitely don't think he's already been stoned. Yeah. I think he was just excused. Very likely. I mean, I mean he had the, a penis. Like. The ancient world has a history of abuse against women. Mm-hmm. And even, even the Old Testament narrative. I was just reading this today. In Numbers 25, there's a story in there. Or I was reading this yesterday, sorry. There's a story in there that uh, people are supposed to be killed if they married a foreign woman. And then a dude jumps in, his name's Phineas, jumps in and kills two people. The husband and the wife. And just this weird kind of way um, that women are treated and abused. They're just viewed as property and just this whole kind of thing. So I don't think the dude's actually there. I think he's kind of gotten off scot-free. Um, and Jesus seems, because that's actually in the law. That's in right. Leviticus 20 that, that this lady should be stoned. And Jesus seems... But the way it's worded, they should both be stoned. Right, that's the deal. And he's not there. Right. And and notice, Jesus doesn't say, well, go get the guy. Yeah. No. Jesus' desire is not for them to die. He's just like, y'all need to stop. This is redonkulous. And so people have speculated, I mean, as you might imagine, scholars have speculated about what the heck he wrote in the sand. Who knows? Who freaking knows? Nobody knows. But for whatever reason, Jesus doesn't allow this woman to be canceled. If we can project an ancient idea of cancel culture back onto them with death, he doesn't allow that. Can you think of any other text? So that was the one that came to my mind first. I got got two more in my mind. Let's see if you can come up with them. No, I'm out. I got nothing. I'm no, nah, bro. My my brain ain't working tonight. <laughs> so, um, we would be remiss if we didn't talk about the turn the other cheek. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's fair. We 100%. can we cancel people for crap that they didn't even actually do to us personally. Yeah. And well, that's that's the white guilt thing. Yeah, yeah. Right. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. And so Jesus has this entire narrative around um, if someone strikes you, turn and give them the other cheek to strike you on that side. Um, people have struggled with that in a lot of different kind of ways. Uh, I got some kind of feeling about that. Um, it's a hard one. Yeah, I'm, I'm just saying. 
I believe in the grace of God, and I'm just crazy enough to ignore that. If you hit me, <laughs> I'm coming for you. Yeah. But I for whatever that. reason. Well, that's that toxic masculinity thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's that, uh, yeah, that's that's that I'm a fallen person and Jesus will forgive me kind of thing. Um, I have a pastor friend. He tells this story all the time that um, he went on vacation and they were at a beach and so, you know, they had to stack the houses in there right next to one another. And his family was outside and it was like on spring break and there was a, the house next to them was rented by a group of college guys no, and they couldn't seem to keep their language in line with that of his young children. So he went over there to say something to him. When he tells the story, he refuses to say what he said, but he just said, "You know, I just asked him to go over there and watch their language when my kids were outside." And he said, "You know, it's spring break, and so they gave me a little bit of lip until." They realized that I was crazier than they were. <laughs> it's kind of how I feel. If you strike me, you're going to find out I'm crazier than you are. Yeah. Um, but for whatever reason, Jesus' response is not, well, cancel that person. Yeah. Um, so let them do it again. Yeah, turn and give them the other one. When Jesus is posed the question, how many times must I forgive? Seven? Times seventy. Seven times seventy. No, that's not a literal number. You shouldn't like yeah, multiply you, you, seven times you, seventy and think, okay, I can only forgive. I can you this only many forgive times. this many times. Yeah, no, no, no. It's seven being a number of perfection, number of completeness, mm -hmm. times seventy. Seven times ten, the number of infinite multiplicity that kind of thing it's it's a formula there where jesus is saying as you, many times you continue to forgive like there's no number as many it'd be times. like it'd be like if somebody said that today we would do, like maybe jesus didn't have a have a, a word for this but like infinity no you do, it's just something you continue to do and jesus grounds it in the fact that we've been infinitely forgiven yeah for our own wrongdoings. Um, and then lastly, I mean, it would just be the dumbest thing of all time if we didn't talk about the Good Samaritan. If there were ever a people that the Jews wanted to cancel... It was the Samaritans. It was the Samaritans. They freaking hated them. Yeah, I got another one that I just thought about. Okay. You're done talking it. about the Samaritan. But yeah, I mean, I think everybody knows that story. Okay. Right? Uh, if not, I've preached it. So go and listen to it. Go go back and listen to the story on one of our first episodes of a closer look. I think. Yeah. Um, but the lepers. What about like? Do you have a specific passage? Or? No, no, just in general. Like, it, I mean, if you think about it, there's there's several different passages, right? Okay. Where, oh, so that's where actually the where the lepers are shunned and canceled. Yeah, so they're actually canceled. They're cast outside the city gates. That is actual like outcast. And Jesus actually goes and touches them. Yeah. Jesus goes directly to them. Yeah. Jesus doesn't allow them being canceled to affect what he's trying to do. But um, here's the deal. Here's what makes this story similar to all the rest that we've been given. Right. But also different in a way that 
he goes there to provide healing. He goes there to provide restoration, right? Most of the time when people are canceled, there's a reason for it. Oh, yeah, for Wh- sure. Whatever it is, whether it's racism, sexism, etc., right? When somebody is canceled for something, there still should be some level of grace. And somebody needs to go to them to deliver this message of grace, right? To deliver this message of restoration and of healing. Well, I think there's a good point here in this. You know, we don't, I say it like this all the time. We don't live in an honor-shame culture until we do. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Jesus' time and culture is inundated with honor-shame. And that that's a really big deal. We don't realize how big of a deal this is. Some of our listeners to this podcast in the Middle East, yeah. in Asia, uh, they will understand an honor-shame culture because they still live with it. But in the Western world, we're given over to post-modernity. Like it's, just, it's not really a thing for us until we go to judge someone. We judge people by their house, their car, what job title they have, you know, their things. Well, and even just simply we judge people based on the things that we wouldn't do. Yeah. yeah, Right. Um, Just like, oh, well, I'm not a racist. Yeah. That's not so much honor shame though. Honor shame is about social status. It it is about social status, but there is a, a level here to talk about the, the, the level of judgment, right. That's being held. Yeah. Maybe so. Maybe so. That's a fair point. But there's a specific story that's popping out in my mind, and it's in John chapter 2, the wedding at Cana, Jesus' first miracle. He turns the water into wine. And the backstory on that is that there's a groom and a, a, a bride that Jesus seems to know one of them. Um, Mary's there, Jesus is there, Jesus is there with some of his disciples, his friends. And Mary seems to have some level of influence over the wedding because she comes to him and says, hey, I know that they're running out of wine. Mm-hmm. So she seems to be some kind of de facto, like maybe wedding planner or something. Not real sure, but she seems to be involved. And the the big problem there is in the ancient world, you were having a wedding, you ran out of wine. That was the end of the party. Well, it's one of the most shameful things you can do. And so when Jesus turns water into wine, mm. he's protecting them from being canceled. He's protecting them from being canceled. That Wow. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. Because mm. it is literally like the most, I mean, these these weddings, these parties, these ceremonies, they were going for a week, yeah. 10 days. Um, be all these kind of rituals and things that you would do. And if you ran out of wine, it is literally the most shameful thing that one of the most shameful things you can do in the ancient world um, as someone of status. Right. And so what Jesus is doing there is he's doing two things. He's, he's blocking their shame. He's protecting them from the shame that's coming to them. He's also protecting them from being canceled. Yeah. Uh, and specifically the man. Right. Specifically, the man, um, because that's who would be blamed for it. Well, yeah, it's his job to provide the wedding, and so it's a 
it's a weird thing. I understand the complexities of cancel culture. Do not think that I'm trying to minimize those. Um, and even in light of this, I would still say that there are things that I want canceled. Um, but to answer our clickbait question, I don't think on any level Jesus is a proponent of cancel culture. And and here's the thing. Praise God that he's not because we would all be canceled. Yep. If Jesus himself were a proponent of cancel culture, we've all done things in private yep. that would upset Jesus to the point of canceling us. If it wasn't for grace. Yeah. Ab- absolutely. Um, obviously, there there's things that Jesus didn't want. Jesus yeah. didn't want injustice. Jesus didn't want um, the, the evil in the world that we have, that we see today. Yeah, Jesus, Jesus didn't want greed. Jesus didn't want e- even simple things. Jesus didn't want you to be a jerk. But thank God, like you said, he doesn't cancel us for the evil things that we do. For the things that we do that he doesn't like. That's the thing. Cancel culture has come to a place where we can cancel anyone for anything that I subjectively don't like. Yep. If we put that same level of subjectivity in the hands of Jesus without grace, we would all be canceled. We would all be canceled. So I just, I'm, I'm not trying to change your mind about cancel culture. I'm going to do that in the next couple of episodes. <laughs> I'm not trying to do that right now. Um, but I do want us to think together and reflect together about cancel culture. And, and what, would, what would Jesus have us think and say about this? Um, excuse me, because... I think Jesus would remind us as he taught us to pray our father in heaven hallowed be thy name thy kingdom come thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trespassed against us I think Jesus if we asked him Jesus, what do you think about cancel culture? I think Jesus would say, I see a ton of people who've forgotten what grace is. Mm-hmm.